You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Justin C. Gleason, bringing you the message of God, Bible, and Church in the year of our Lord, 2021. Please subscribe, become a loyal listener, give a great review and rating, and share this episode with your friends. Reference the episode notes for my contact and social media information. Podcasting is the future. Caitlin Hale is the author of the Breathe, Pray, Repeat blog and the short story Outer Darkness, published in the online literary magazine Short Fiction Break. She is based in Republic, Missouri, and is a freelance editor and proofreader, an essayist, a fiction writer, and a writing tutor for high school and college students. Check out her blog, breathepreyrepeat.com, and other writings at shortfictionbreak.com. Search for Outer Darkness. Also, be sure to follow her on Facebook and her phenomenal Instagram. Hello, Sister Caitlin. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I've been reading your stuff. You've got something to say. Uh, (laughs) Tell us about breathe, pray, repeat. And you know, I like that. When I read that, I think just in my subconscious, I start to breathe in and out. (laughs) But uh, breathing's healthy. It's good for you, right? Yes, absolutely. It's It's like good exercise. Just uh, just to breathe. A lot of us don't even breathe properly, I assume. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, tell us about your blog. So Breathe, Pay, Repeat, I started to get the idea for it back in 2019. And the title kind of came to me when I was thinking about the process of living for God, you know, whenever we're going through struggles, um, whether it's uh, just day-to-day living or something that we're seriously facing. Um, one of my coping mechanisms when I deal with that is to take a moment and step back and allow myself a moment to breathe and to calm myself. This happened a lot whenever I was going to college and I was dealing with finals and exams and I was just feeling overwhelmed with the stress of life. And one of my ways to help calm myself is to step back from what I'm going through and give myself a moment to think about it and to pray which is the second word in the title. And because in those moments that we are trying to refocus our minds on what's most important, we need to pray and seek after God and his direction. And in those moments, uh, we should be reading the Bible and just trying to figure out how God wants us to approach every struggle and every issue that we're facing. And this is a process that we have to repeat every single day and often throughout the day. And that's something that I stress throughout my blog uh, a lot is the, con- the need for consistency. You know, we need to be consistent. That's how we get closer to God is, is we have to be consistent in this daily walk. Yeah, it's something that you maintain, just like your, your car, your house, your, your walk with God is, a, is maintained. Absolutely. Right? You repeat it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if any relationship isn't just a one-time event many things. Right. You know, okay. Let me ask you this. So I read in the Psalms in many places, it talks about meditating. Mm -hmm. 
And I've been doing this for years. I've, I, I can't recall ever teaching or preaching about it or podcasting about it, but our form of breathing or meditating, it's not like how the Buddhist would do it, right? No. <laughs> they sit and pause and get Zen to empty themselves, right. but we sit and pause to distance and draw closer to the Lord. Right. Yeah. So I guess what I, I think you're, you know, we're all busy mm-hmm. and, and for some reason, you know, COVID did slow us down just a little bit, but it's over. It's everything's fast again. Absolutely. And we're always going. And, and I think the ancient psalmist understood, you, you know, you have war, you have to take care of the family. You have to train up your children. You have to do all these things. And it's important to stop and not do anything except you breathing and God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the only thing you're doing right? is breathing. So when you're doing that, do, let me ask, do you get a lot of thoughts, like good creative stuff that comes into your mind when you do that? Um, Probably not every time. But yeah, from time to time, I think it was in one of those moments that I began to think of the title for this uh, blog. And I've also had moments where I've thought of titles for uh, creative works that I've started to work on. Hmm. So I think it's just, for me, very rarely do I get ideas when I'm moving quick. It's always when I move slow. Yes. You know, stuck in traffic even or on an elevator. Just uh, It's like when you when you're like your main state of consciousness is suppressed and all of a sudden your subconscious arises in monotonous work, <laughs> all this creative stuff. And, and that's why you can hear from God in praying. Absolutely. Tune, tuning it all out and uh, breathe. When I think of breath, I th- just hearing you talk, I think of God forming mankind from the dust of the ground. Absolutely. Breathing into his nostrils. That was the first thing God did for us was give us breath. Right. And like, and, and focusing on your breathing and talking to your creator, it connects you with like the original. Mm-hmm. Do you see it being like that? Yes, absolutely. Um, having personal time with God is, is something I see you stress a lot over and over again. And going to church is important. But having that private time with God is absolutely essential. When do you think is a good time of day to practice this? So I've tried multiple times of day, you know, like there have been times where I thought the night was the perfect time for me and I would keep that up for a little while and then my schedule would change. So honestly, I personally think the morning is the best time because you first wake up and before you, get started with your day, you sit down, you eat breakfast and you read the word, and then you take time to pray and talk to God for a while. I've always thought that when I was going to college, um, the days that went the best for me would be days where I started my day with God. Because if there were a day that went by and I didn't start it with God, I found myself more stressed and um, just more overwhelmed with things that I was going through and the stuff that I had to do that day. But I think the best time of day to do it would be in the mornings because we are allowing God to be first and we're showing that he is in charge of our life and how how our day will go than if we were to start, if we were to only do it at night. Um, I think that it's something though that we should do throughout the day. 
really. You know, we would start in the mornings and just throughout the day when you're at lunch, you say your prayer, you have a moment with God. Throughout the day, uh, you talk to God. At night, you talk to God. I think it's something that just has to be repeated consistently. So you take it literally, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. If, if you're <laughs> yes. breathing, you need to be praying. Yes, pray without ceasing. <laughs> Prayer is just as important as breathing. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in that. Well, sin is chaos, and the ways of the transgressor are very hard. Right. But Christ came to give us freedom, uh, not only from sin, but the consequences of sin as well, a total life makeover. Right. What's some advice you would have for someone that just feels bound with no hope because of sins they've done and sins done by from others done to them? So, first of all, I would say to that person, don't stop going to church, or if they're not going to church, they need to be going to church. And don't give up on praying, talking to God. Don't give up on studying the word. Uh, You know, there was a particular time in my life when I was struggling uh, with things, not necessarily uh, sin, but things that have been done to me, kind of. and. and it made me feel very depressed. And I remember it brought me to the lowest point that I'd ever found myself in. And I remember telling God that I felt stuck, um, that I was in a wilderness, and I felt like I couldn't get to God. And there's no freedom in that moment when you feel like you are trapped in this wilderness and that you can't get to God. You feel very bound. And I was really worried for myself. I was really worried for my salvation. I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to make it to heaven. If God came right now, if I can't even feel God or figure out where he at, where he is, how can I get to heaven? And, um, you know, the only thing I thought that could maybe begin to help me get out of that and free me from that prison would, would be if I could feel the presence of God again, if I could feel him for myself, not not rely on a worship service to generate that feeling, but if I could feel him for myself. And so I continued to pray, but then I began to listen to the sermons that I was hearing. At that moment, there were a lot of sermons, just one after the other, where I believe God was speaking directly to me. And there were sermons that, you know, my pastor preached sermons that I heard other ministers preach. And God was telling me things about pouring yourself out to him. You know, uh, there was a sermon in particular on, uh, I think it was mentioned in the sermon, the uh, the happenstance in 2 Kings chapter 4, where the woman who I believe goes to Elisha and uh, the creditors are about to take her sons and she is tasked with pouring out all of the oil that she has into vessels that she's borrowed in order for a miracle to occur. And of course, a miracle occurs as we know she pours out the oil into all the vessels and they're filled and she has enough to sell to pay off her debts and she has enough left over for her sons and her to live on. So that spoke to me about, I need to pour myself out to God and maybe a miracle will occur in my life. And just things like that. I just, I kept hearing over and over and over again, things about how I wasn't alone, how God was with me. And so there was one night in particular, I think it was a Wednesday night. I came home after service and 
I opened up my Bible app on my phone. I have a, a Bible app that has Strong's Concordance in it. And it has this cool little search bar where I can search any word and it will bring up all kinds of references in the Bible. And then it will bring up the uh, Greek and Hebrew translations for these words. Nice. And so I, um, I thought I just need to feel the comfort of God. So I searched for comfort. And one of the first verses that popped out spoke directly to me. And it was John 14, 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And I just, I began to study the word more than I had before. And I began to pray more than I had before in, in different ways. I began to realize I need to rethink my approach to prayer and talk to God more than I ever have before. And so that night after I searched for those scriptures, I woke up the next morning and that weight that I had felt that had been keeping me bound was gone. And wow. that, that had never happened to me before. You know, I'd heard people talk about miracles like that, that had happened in, the, in their personal lives, but it never happened to me probably because I, I had never really gone through anything um, like that before. But when that happened to me, I realized there is some power <laughs> in reading the word and in prayer. And so I continued, Amen. right? I continued to study the word and pour out to God, I thought, you know, if God's been speaking to me, I should probably listen. I should probably do what he says. And so I tried to do everything that I could. I started to write for him more. And I, I tried to search for ways in my own life, how I could serve God more, because I wanted something to change in my own life. I didn't want to feel bound anymore. And so I would say, if somebody is struggling with feeling bound, whether it's because of sin in their life or because of something they're going through, even if they feel like they have nothing left, pour everything you have out to God Amen. Um, and he, know that he loves you. And that if you continue in this and walking with him, you will get out of that wilderness eventually. Yes. So even the most chaotic life, there can be a peace brought to that situation through what you stress over and over, and that is consistently spending time with God in prayer and his word. Right. Even the most chaotic life. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it works. Mm -hmm. And it worked for me too. So, so you listen to a lot of preaching? Yes, I do. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's always helped me get through a dark time. I was out doing yard work this morning and listened to about three hours of preaching and me and God were just having a great time out there. I like that. So, um, you know, there's funny memes and little videos going on about people saying things like, I can't even put gas in my car without Jesus, you know? And I don't really think that's funny to be honest with you, because <laughs> during COVID I had a God moment when I was putting fuel in my car. Like I said it to myself, I can't even put gas in my car without you, Jesus. You know, in, in the wake of COVID, all I mean, we thought it was the end of the world. I, I thought this is I, it. And yeah. I, I was dependent <laughs> on God for everything. Right. So so you you you've written uh that it's not a mistake to depend on Jesus for everything. Right. That is a great statement. I like it, but let's talk about some just applicable ways to really incorporate that into somebody's life. How do you do that? 
to just start depending him on him for everything. You know, God's kind of invisible. Right. <laughs> right. How does so, that work? Honestly, it's a very gradual process and it's a learning process because, mm. you know, we can say, oh, I, I believe that God will provide this need for me or, you know, that he'll, he'll give me groceries or something, but we're still kind of depending a little bit more on ourselves to get the job done. Sometimes we say we trust in God, but when the rubber meets the road um, and there comes a time when we have to trust in God, we find ourselves maybe a little bit more nervous than we should be that will he actually come through for me? And, um, you know, I remember growing up really controlling as a teenager over my own life and my life plans. Um, you know, I, uh, I was one of those people who had my life planned out and I knew exactly what I was going to do and when everything in my life was going to take place. And uh, about three weeks after I started college in 2013, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And that completely threw all the plans I had out the window because I had to withdraw from school and take a moment and take time to try and navigate this new path that I was on and try and figure out how to take care of my health. And I handled it well health-wise, but secretly I was, I was kind of, I wouldn't say panicking, but more concerned than before about what I was going to do next and, and what life had in store for me, what God had in store for me. I didn't understand what was going on. I was worried about my future. And, you know, I think a way that we can begin, we can try to begin to bring this concept into our lives of trusting in God to provide for our needs by learning to understand how much God loves us. Yes. Um, I think sometimes we can forget that as we go day to day. Uh, we can forget God loves us more than we can could ever imagine. And, you know, I think people struggle with the concept of trusting God because they don't, they don't want to let go of their need for control. And we also don't want to let go of our fear. I mean, speaking from personal experience, sometimes we're afraid to trust in God because we're afraid he won't do for us what we want him to do. And so we're afraid of letting go of our plans. And I think that we need to understand that his plans for us are what's best. He wants us to be blessed. God doesn't want us to go around miserable and unhappy. He wants what's best for us. And if, if we begin to understand how much he loves us and wants what's best for us, that he is our provider and will provide all of our needs. Um, then we'll begin to be able to incorporate that concept of trusting in him every single day, because it's not a mistake. Uh, I don't think that you'll ever find a person who will say, well, I shouldn't have trusted in God. That was a mistake. Um, <laughs> no, that that's never going to happen. No one's ever going to say that, you know, if, I, if only I hadn't trusted in God. Um, so if we can just let go of our fears and our need for control I think that we'll begin to accept more of his love and, and of his plan for us and that he will provide our needs and everything that we need in life. Yeah. You do all those things you said, you'll see Jesus in everything. Absolutely. With uh, your health, uh, your, your education, your career, your family, you'll right. just see his handiwork there. And I like what you said. It's not a one-time event. It is a process. 
doesn't happen overnight, but it's it can happen. You've uh, also in your blog talked about walking after the spirit. You stress that it is a must. You got to have the spirit. And in a walk is biblical idiom. And I define it as to, to walk with God is to simply live for God. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. That's how you see it. Well, walk for God is, is, is just life. Walking with God is, is living for him. But when you're walking after the spirit, how do you know you're, you're doing this? How do you know you're getting it? How does somebody know that, okay, I'm, it's not my flesh that's operating here. I'm, I'm following the spirit. What are ways that you see that how you know, okay, I'm, I'm in the Holy Ghost? Well, the longer you walk after the flesh, even if you think you're doing right, you will find yourself further away from God. When you're walking after the spirit, it will produce results in your life. And uh, it reminds me of a story in my own life. Um, there was a time in my teenage years when I was really obsessed with entertainment. Um, you know, I would watch a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows, and I would just give a lot of my time. Let me guess, you were totally into Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> right, I'm showing my no. age here. <laughs> I think I've heard of that, but <laughs> no, not that. Um, but you were a Walking a Dead type girl. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> right, definitely I'll not. Stop! That. I'm being silly. <laughs> Go ahead. No, definitely not that. But well, good for um, you. I was a Marvel girl. Ah, Marvel, yeah. And um, but I was I was obsessed with that too, an unhealthy level. You know, I, I spent a lot sure. of time thinking about it. You know, I'm a writer, and so I have a very vivid imagination, and so I would be thinking about stuff like that all day long, all the time. And, but I was, you know, I was going to church, living for God, not thinking I was doing anything wrong. And, uh, but the longer that I kept that up in my life, I I began to kind of have these thoughts in my head that, you know, nothing much is changing in my relationship with God. I'm not really getting closer to God. I'm just kind of staying the same and in essence, kind of getting farther away from God. And so I think that there came a time when I got older that I realized I, I need to stop this. You know, I think that happens a lot whenever, when you are trying to live for God and you think you're doing everything right, but there's something in your life, you know, you need to change. You always know what that is. Um, I've heard it preached a lot of times that no matter how much you think you are in control of, of what you consume, it will control you. Yes. And so I think that if we become more aware of that and what we let into our lives and we let God take control of that, then we, you know, there's something that I mentioned um, on my blog is that we have to forsake our carnality in order for us to walk after the spirit. Um, If there are temptations that you're prone to, you just need to put that away, walk away from it. And eventually God helped me do that. You know, eventually I, I grew up and I realized I need to stop this. I need, if I'm going to get any closer to God and I want more of God, then I need to completely remove these, these obsessions from my life and give more of myself to God, give all of myself to God. Because the more you're walking after the spirit, you're going to see the evidence of God's goodness in your life. 
because there's life in the spirit mm-hmm. and with life there's growth. And so the longer you're walking with God, you'll see growth in your life. You know, I'm closer to God now than I was a year ago. And I know it's because I've been trying to study more and pray more and understand God more and seek God more. And so, you know, you're walking after the spirit when you can see growth happening in your life and you see the results in your life. (laughs) You can see the results. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. We're talking with Sister Caitlin Hale. And I don't want to go any further without giving a shout out to her pastors and, and the family. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Wyatts, tremendous people. Absolutely. And we've had uh, Tony Wyatt Jr. and Jordan Wyatt on this podcast. Great friends of mine. Excellent stuff, Sister Caitlin. Great blog. Phenomenal you. content. You've uh, t- t- talked also about depression. Right. I, w- I want to bounce an idea off you. I wrote down about three or four years ago about depression, and I wrote, depression is anger turned within. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that idea? Absolutely, it is. Because wow. um, when I've been depressed in my own life, it's because maybe I'm unhappy with myself because I'm not where I should be, and I know that. Um, and I don't want to let go of maybe something I'm unhappy about and it can make you angry at yourself. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think, uh, God gave me the answer and it was when I was doing uh, some breathing and praying, to be honest with you, that idea <laughs> came to me. You've talked about forced healing that it, it doesn't last very long. You know, you can think to yourself, okay, just don't be depressed. Just don't be depressed. Or mm-hmm. you know, your family, your friends are just saying, just smile, just be happy. It's easy. Right. Just be it. Just do it, man. Come on, man. Right. And you don't think that works and it, it just won't last. Uh, why do you think that is? Forced healing is just not the way to go. Well, because I've experienced it personally and I've seen other people in my life experience it. So when something happened in my life some years ago and it was a, it was a, kind of tragic and it made me feel a lot of grief and loss and uh, a lot of uh, confusion, frustration, all kinds of mixture of emotions. And I, I had never experienced anything really tragic before. So I thought I just needed to do as many people were telling me to do, just get over it and accept reality and move on. So I was going to school at the time. So I thought I'm just going to do my best, just focus on school and church and just, I'm just going to get over it. I know with time it will go away. But as time went on and I thought I had taken care of the issue, something else happened related to that, that brought all of those emotions bubbling back up to the surface. Really, they exploded back up to the surface. And I realized, (laughs) I realized I am not over this. I am, I'm not healed. And, and that really bothered me because I realized that I had a long ways to go in the healing process. And so I, I think in order for people to be healed, to try to help themselves along on the healing process, you have to accept where you're at. If you're at step two in the healing process and not at step five, that it's okay. And that it will take time for you to get to step five, that healing is not a linear process Mm -hmm. and that you'll go back and forth on the steps 
and um, and that it looks different for everybody. Well, that's deep. <laughs> it is not linear. Mm. No. Mm. Wow. You know, Sister Caitlin, talking to you, I would never imagine. First of all, I to hear that you were diagnosed with type one diabetes is shocking to me. You know, you just look healthy to me. That's what people say. <laughs> well, it, it it's a sign that uh, the Lord is with you through this. Absolutely. You, know, you could tell a lot about somebody's health and their state of well-being through their countenance. And uh, just in your writings, I, I know I could, I could tell that you obviously knew something about pain, knew something about love, acceptance, and spiritual ascent, which it's, your writing style is very similar to the Psalms, very similar to the prob to the Proverbs. Oh, really? said the problems, <laughs> the Proverbs. <laughs> and it's, I put them in three different categories, the Psalms and Proverbs, love, pain, and spiritual ascent. And you have, you're like an expert in those things. And your blog is, is very enjoyable. I, I, I really do, do like to read it, but Thank just, you. I can just see that you, you know, breathe, pray, repeat is, is not an act for you. It's, it's a reality. It's something you live out and you can, you're just a living testimony right. of just how special having time with God and taking a step back, how amazing it really is. And so I'm going to definitely be incorporating more of these things into my life. And I know the listeners will too. Okay. Uh, what do you think we can expect from BPR in the future <laughs> or possibly uh, your short stories that you're doing uh, with a shortfictionbreak.com. So um, for brief pay repeat, I'm going to be taking a little bit more of a personal approach to some upcoming posts in the next couple of months. I've done a lot of more Bible studies lately. I haven't done a whole lot of posts centered around my personal experiences and uh so I think I'm going to incorporate a little bit more of that. We've got some topics coming up on um, how God changes us. I'm going to talk a little bit more about how God has changed me in my life and, um, and what it means to be set apart from this world and talking about peer pressure. Um, Ooh, I'm, cool. also, I'm also going to be working in some guest posts. I've spoken to a few people, some of them you probably know, and um I'm hoping really? that, like who <laughs> you may have mentioned one or two of them on earlier, <laughs> but, um, uh, but I've mentioned it to one of them. And so I'm hoping to see those on uh, later this year. And uh, for the Instagram for brief pay repeat, I'm going to try and work on some more videos talking about the topics that I write about. And for my own writings, I am working on a uh, it's a very, very early in the process, but I've been kicking around the idea for a while and I've dabbled in it a little bit, but it's a sort of a memoir. Um, and it's going to be talking about um, conversations with God and what that's like. And, uh, and I take a very creative approach to my nonfiction writing. So it's, it's going to be uh, different than most of what I've done. Oh, nice. So that's how the prophets wrote. <laughs> they were conversations with God. Right. So sounds prophetic. I'll be into that. <laughs> All right. Lastly, kind of like an encore. This this is mainly for our lady listeners. I when I set out to do this podcast, Sister Caitlin, I thought it'd just be all guys, all dudes, like uh, Brother Tony Wyatt Jr., Brother Jordan Wyatt. <laughs> but I'm just surprised. Uh, according to my stats, it's usually forty five to fifty percent of our listeners are ladies, 
And on your Instagram, you uh, have, you know, we don't want to say a modest fashion model. With no. That's associated. <laughs> but would you say influencer? Is kind of your, the word you would use for that? Sure. So a modest fashion influencer. And just for our, our ladies out there, I j- just explain what's going on with that. So I was inspired by a lot of apostolic bloggers that I've seen um, posting their modest fashion inspiration because we live in a world where the fashion for women is not modest. And a lot of young girls, it's hard for them to think that they can dress modestly and look nice and and like what they're wearing and and want to attract a husband someday. And so I like giving people, young women especially, some inspiration for dressing modestly because it shows that you can dress modestly and reflect the glory of God. You can live for God and dress nice and not look sloppy or, or old fashioned, you know, and, uh, and still, and still walk knowing that you are glorifying God wherever you go. Absolutely. Well, it's just a part of being apostolic. Absolutely. That's a phenomenal answer. Thank you for doing that. I had no idea how to ask it, but you, you said it. I think that uh, (laughs) connects very well with ladies and, uh, you definitely example, uh, first of all, apostolic femininity and uh, holiness. And uh, Sister Caitlin, you have a phenomenal ministry. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've been, I'm just blessed uh, to read your writings and to listen to you talk. So thank you so much for coming on tonight. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Sister Caitlin Hale. (laughs) 